Welcome, disciple makers, and thank you for joining us. The Georgia Baptist Mission Board Discipleship Team, led by Scott Sullivan, exists to help churches take the next step toward becoming a healthy, disciple-making church. We've developed tools to help you, like the Watershed Principle, which identifies six main ministries needed to be a healthy church. The Spark Conference, a total church strengthening event that allows you to access keynotes and breakouts all year long for ongoing training in your ministry area. Access it today at thesparkconference.com. We're also setting up learning communities across Georgia to sharpen, encourage, and resource leaders personally and professionally. Find a community near you at gabaptist.org discipleship. Don't forget, you can find our previous episodes on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and your favorite podcast platform. Now let's join today's broadcast. Hey everyone, welcome to our broadcast. And uh, we got kind of a special one today. We got three consultants. Feels like, I don't know, maybe like a, a, a joke line or something, but we have three <laughs> consultants with the Georgia Baptist Mission Board here uh, today. And we are talking about drawing the net in a service and, and what that looks like. And uh, before we kind of kick it off here, I just want to remind everybody that you need to comment to win free swag. Now, Ray, somebody was, was joking with me the other day that they made what their one comment and they didn't get free swag. So I just want to remind everybody that you can do the minimum to get free swag, but we would encourage you to do more than just one comment yeah. um, to get that free swag, right? So tell us where you're from, where you're watching, um, and uh, maybe why you were interested in the topic today as we develop more topics. Um, and uh, of course, thank you to all of our Georgia Baptist churches that give towards the cooperative program that makes this broadcast possible. So going around the horn here real quick is my friend. Tim Williams lives here in all Benny, Georgia uh, with me. He is the uh, Georgia Baptist evangelism consultant in the Southwest and Southeast areas. And I would say a lifelong evangelist. Would you say that's a fair title, Tim? Yeah, man. I've, uh, you know, was in evangelism for 30 some odd years. And so I, I love it, breathe it, uh, enjoy it. So yes, sir. I'd say that's a good analogy. That's good. And then we have Ray Sullivan, um, who is our discipleship consultant in the Southeast. And so Ray and I sometimes meet up on Interstate 75. That's smack in the middle between the two of it. And, uh, and he's working on discipleship and uh, crushing it down there in the Southeast and, and doing a lot over there. So Ray, welcome to the, the broadcast. Good to be here. And uh, love the setup you've got going, PJ. Beautiful. <laughs> Thanks. Beautiful. If, uh, if anybody's got the Easter egg, there's a couple in here. You can put those in the comments too, if you see anything fun. Um, so Ray, I, I want to hear a little bit about you. You know, we know that you're, you're the guy on our team that's been a pastor for many years and has that perspective and has certainly helped me grow in that perspective and understanding what it's like. Um, so just share a little bit about your pastoring experience over the years and struggles and those kind of things. Yeah. Thanks PJ. It's good to be here with Tim. And, um, you know, that, that's my background. Uh, that's what I have done. Um, my entire uh, ministry. This is my 30th year in ministry, and all but about a year and a half of that that I've been with the mission board has been uh, in the local church, pastoring, preaching uh, every single week. And, uh, you know, this topic, gosh, I, I tell you, if there's one of the things that I hear out there talking to pastors each day, um, it's, it's about this. How do we how do we give a good invitation? And I tell you, this is something that uh, that I you know kicked around a lot uh, over the years. And I'm going to tell you, I was on vacation last week. It was pretty interesting because I went back to Florida uh, where I pastored uh, many years ago, and I love fishing. I love saltwater fishing, and and really with saltwater fishing, the, the key is live bait, 
And uh, it's been so long since I've done it. I used to be really, really good at throwing a cast net. And I got so frustrated because I haven't thrown that net so long that I couldn't get it to open properly. And, uh, you know, I, I was watching YouTube videos. I was doing, I was reading uh, tutorials, you know, tutorials. I was doing everything I could to try to remember how do I throw this net to get it open? Because it is so frustrating to sit there on the bow of a boat and chum and chum and chum, you know, and you're just sitting there and you're waiting and it's hot. And all of a sudden you look and here's all this bait, you know, in the sun. You're like, it's all right there. All I got to do is get a good throw and I've got them. And <laughs> I would get so frustrated. I'm looking at all this bait and I would throw and my net wouldn't open and it would just crash right in the middle of it. And they would all go over and I'd pull it back up. And there's not a single thing in there. And I, I was thinking about that when I was down there last week. And I thought, you know, how many guys feel like that? Each week when they're preaching, man, they're giving the information. The people are right there, but when they throw the net, they just can't get it to open, you know. And it just seems like there, there's they're just not catching anything. And so, man, when I heard about this conversation, I was like, "There's so much more I want to learn uh, in this." And um, I know Tim Williams, man, and I've just seen what God is doing with him. So I'm just excited to, to learn from the master on how to get that net to open because, man, we want to be effective. Uh, when we're sharing the gospel, and we want to be effective in having people take that next step in their faith journey. And so it's so important. We do. And, you know, uh, Kenny Sexton, who is is right on the border of both of our areas, and Tim, Tim is in his area too, reached out and said, hey, I just want to get better at drawing the net. And, and I, want to, I want to use Kenny's name because that's how we got the idea for this broadcast. You know, a pastor reached out and said, I could really use this resource. And immediately, Ray and I were like, we know Tim Williams. Like, if there was a guy that was ever going to be the guy that was going to talk about this topic, he, he would be the one. And so um, I'm excited about the topic today just because I need to get better at that. As we, as we preach and, and we go to different churches and we're trying to get people to take their next step, you know, it's real important, this idea of drawing that net and being able to get people to take an action. So, Tim, um, man, give us, you know, just the areas to consider when drawing that net and some of your initial thoughts, we'd love to hear from you on that. Well, you know, uh, you know, I had the privilege to uh, be on staff at several churches and then also pastored and uh, was an evangelist for a long time. And I don't know if I'm the master at it, I, but I have studied it. Uh, I've watched a lot of guys that I felt were really gifted in drawing the net. And, uh, and I think the Lord has blessed uh, many times when we have been faithful to throw the net out there. And uh, fortunately, uh, praise the Lord, we, we, we grabbed some, uh, some souls when, uh, when we threw it out there. But just a few things to consider uh, when thinking about the invitation. And uh, I think, Ray, you're right, man. There's a lot of guys that enjoy studying. They enjoy uh, you know, ministering to people. They enjoy hospital visits. They enjoy the administration. Uh, they love to preach, but the area that they struggle with the most, uh, and I would hear this in evangelism when I would do revivals, is, uh, is giving the invitation. And they were just like, man, I just don't feel like I do a very good job at that. And, and, and some even would get to where they thought, hey, I'm, I'm just going to quit giving an invitation because I just don't feel like that I'm very effective in giving the invitation. So a couple of things to consider, uh, you know, in thinking through this is number one, it all ought to start with prayer. And uh, I think that we need to spend some serious time in praying about the invitation. I would ask pastors, how much time do you spend in praying about the message when you're, when you're studying and when you're preparing the message? And, and a lot of guys will spend a lot of time, uh, not just in the prep, but they spend a lot of time in prayer about the invitation. That, I, mean, I'm, I mean, about the message that God will bless 
and will touch hearts and lives of people through, you know, the words that they're saying. And, and, uh, and, and, but then I'd ask them, how much time do you spend in prayer uh, about the invitation? And they kind of look at me funny, like, well, I don't really spend much time in prayer mm-hmm. and about the invitation, maybe just a few minutes, uh, you know, during the service. And so uh, some things to consider is just really saying, hey, Lord, I just want to pray to be sure, number one, I'm clean and I'm right with you. Lord, there's nothing in my heart, nothing in my life that's displeasing or dishonoring. I want to be a clean vessel, a pure vessel uh, to be used for your glory. And then also to pray for those that will be involved in the invitation, those that lead worship, man members, counselors, all those, all those things. And then also pray that God will, you know, speak and touch. The Holy Spirit will grab the hearts of people as they hear the message and that they'll be stirred and that they'll come to faith and trust Christ as Lord and as Savior. And so I think really, number one, it really needs to start with prayer. We need to maybe uh, up the ante a little bit and spend more time in praying, Lord God, you know, fill me, anoint me, use me, and Lord, touch the hearts and lives of people that they might respond. Uh, Another thing is to have a spirit of, of, uh, you know, expecting God to bless. And I know as a pastor, man, you know, you're preaching a lot of times the same people, and uh, you've given that same invitation. And you're like, man, everybody here is a believer. Everybody here, I know them. And there were a few times when I would feel that way. And I'd say, well, I'm going to be faithful. I'm just going to go ahead and give that opportunity. And I would give and extend an invitation. And uh, tragically, but glory to the Lord, to my surprise, God would bless. God would move and somebody might get saved or somebody might respond to the message that we've been preaching about for the last 30 plus minutes. And so I realized that that's way up beyond my pay grade. I, I'm just supposed to be the deliverer. I'm just supposed to be faithful in giving the opportunity for people to respond uh, to the Lord. And so, so having an, an aspect of, of expecting God to bless. I remember hearing when I was a young preacher about Charles Spurgeon, one of our heroes, and a great preacher, great theologian. And he was asked by a young preacher boy, uh, how come when I preach and I give him the invitation, man, it seems like nobody ever moves, nobody ever gets saved, or nothing happens. And uh, Spurgeon asked the young preacher, he said, well, do you, do you always expect people to respond when you preach? And he said, well, of course not. And Spurgeon said, well, that's probably your problem, that you need to have an ex- you know, expectancy that God is going to move, that we serve a, a powerful uh, Savior, and, and, and that there's nothing he cannot do, nothing he cannot accomplish. And so we need to just believe that God's going to move. So let me let me just share this. Sunday, this Sunday, I preached in a church in South Georgia. They run about 70 people. Well, I was all excited because there were some young people there. Well, they had children's church, and they marched all the children out, and the teenagers went to help with the children's church. Leaves me there with just adults, and I'm sitting there going, there's a whole lot of lost, I mean, I mean, older adults here. And I wonder if any of these guys, you know, are really lost. They're probably all believers. And I just said, God, man, this is not in my, this is not in my will, mate. This is all about you. And so, God, I'm just going to ask by faith that you'll touch hearts and lives of people. And that there, if there's those that are lost, that they'll come to faith today. And uh, so I preached just a simple gospel message, gave a clear invitation, and we had several out of that 70 pray uh, to receive Jesus Christ into their life as Lord and as Savior. So again, 
you know, we just have a, need to have an aspect of expecting God to bless. Another thing that I think is really important, guys, is that we need to be credible and forthright when giving the invitation. And this is what some of our, our friends and brothers really uh, complain about, is sometimes uh, people in their zealousness might try to um, uh, persuade, or they might try to um, uh, say some things that will uh, stir someone's emotions. And of course, nothing wrong with emotions when we're preaching, and nothing wrong with emotions when people make decisions, because those are decisions that sometimes people, there's emotions involved in it. But I think we need to be credible and forthright when giving the invitation. Make it clear and make it make it understandable and uh, do not play games because this is serious business. We're talking about eternity. We're talking about decisions that will last forever. And uh, and so that's very important that we that we do that. Also, we well, need and to Tim, sure. I, I want to interject just, and I think Ray's thinking it too. We had a quote uh, a couple of weeks back on a broadcast that just said, you know, you don't have to be incredible. You just have to be credible. Right. And sometimes we feel like we have to be that hero, especially in this moment. Like um, the emotions behind the moment you're talking about drives us to maybe do something uncomfortable or something that's not who we are. And so then we do something and we're like, well, I've seen Billy Graham do it that way. So I have to do it that way. And it doesn't come off authentic. It comes right. off like a, a canned, you know, come make a, a call to action. So credibility and authenticity in, in drawing the net go hand in hand so that we can stand before people and say, this is real. We believe that, you know, Robbie Gallaty's doing this at his church as he's having revival. He's like, man, I want y'all to know these are credible baptisms. And let me tell you the story behind it. Right. right. And so it, it does add value to it because it's, it's authentic. So you're yeah, right. Absolutely. Say, hey, and if I can just say on that, Tim, I, I I was thinking it, PJ. That was kind of the same thing that was going through my mind because I was kind of going back to my my opening illustration about throwing that net. And that's what I, I was watching everybody else, watching YouTube. How did this guy do it? How did that guy do it? What works for him? What works for and what I noticed is everybody was doing it different. Right. You know, there was different ways, but they were doing what worked for them. Right. What you know, and 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 that's kind of where I was at the end of the week. I was kind of finding out, okay, what is the best way for me to do this? You know, I'm not left-handed. I can't throw it that way. I have to throw it this way, even though that way may have been easier. So, yeah, I think that is just so true is just be yourself. But as you said earlier, be clear about what the expectation is, what you're asking them to do, but just be yourself and be right. real. people, man, people can see through that so quick when you're trying to do something. It's just not you. And that's why we need to really pray and think it through and prepare about the transition of, from the sermon to the invitation and the type of invitation we're going to give. And, uh, you know, Ray, we've talked before where, you know, we, 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 you know, have guys that will preach about maybe giving or tithing, or they'll preach about soul winning. And then they'll give an invitation for those that are lost to come to faith and never go back to what they've been preaching about for the last 30 plus minutes. And so I think you've got to really pray that through and think that through, but it needs to be yours. It needs to be what God has given you and given you at that point and at that time. And, uh, and that's why I think it's also important that you don't do the same tight invitation every single week, because once you start the invitation and your people are used to it, Bible start closing, lipstick gets going, hats got going, you know, and they're ready to exit. And so I think you need to really think that through and pray that through. 
But also, another thing, guys, is we've got to be sure that the gospel has been clearly presented. And I noticed this uh, happening a lot when we were on uh, virtual um, services uh, during the pandemic, that a lot of guys would preach great messages, challenging messages, encouraging messages, and say, hey, listen, God bless you. We're praying for you, and we'll see you next week. And I was encouraging guys that even if it wasn't a gospel, necessarily a gospel-presented message, to take the last three or four minutes, share the gospel, be sure it's clear, and then give people an opportunity to respond. Because some of our guys were probably preaching to more people than they had ever preached to before. It might not have been live, might have been virtual, but had the great opportunity to see a lot of people for the first time understand and hear the gospel. And then another thing, make sure the invitation is very clear and easy to understand. I think about Acts, guys, Acts chapter 2, verse 37, when we understand that that it was asked, uh, and, and Peter said uh, to the rest of uh, the apostles, they were asking him, and they said, men and brothers, what are we to do? And so I think about what Billy Graham said one time when he was asked by uh, a group of pastors, what, what can we do to en enrich our invitation and make our invitation better? And he simply said, just tell them what you want them to do. Tell them what they want, what you want them to do. And I've experienced that because a lot of guys say, hey, man, you know, they, they know the lingo and, and, and church members know the lingo. But a guy that's been to church three times, two for a funeral and one for a wedding, doesn't understand what it means to be saved, the born again, or even the word repent. And if I walk down that aisle, are they going to hit me in the head? Am I going to fall out on the floor? I mean, are they going to get me in a room and I got to give money before they'll let me out of the room? I mean, they have no idea. And so I think you got to be clear and precise and not using a ton of emotion, but just lay it out like you would if you were sitting in a den or at a kitchen table with somebody in their house with their Bible open and you were witnessing to them and you were asking them, would they be willing to come to faith and trust Christ as Lord and as Savior? So, so I think that's important. Can I, uh, all right, let me jump in there. I miss Scott Sullivan really bad right now. So I'm going to use a Scott term. Let's double click right here. Okay. Let's, let's camp here for just a second because you just said something, Tim, that, man, I, you've got to know when you're preparing that sermon. And I think one of the things that I had to really think about a lot is to begin to think about the invitation while you're preparing the sermon. You've got, number one, you got to have time at the end of the service. And, and I know a lot of guys, you know, by the time they finish, you know, you got to think about the worship planning and all of that, because what happens is at the end of the sermon service is over, I've got to get them out. Another service is going to start or people are leaving. And so they don't, we don't have any time there to actually give a proper invitation. You don't have to wait till the end of the sermon to start the invitation. True. You start the invitation at the beginning of the sermon, because you're, you're taking people, the sermon is taking people on a journey. And so I, I, what I wanted to, what, what I really wanted to think about is that question you said, what do you, what, what decision do you want people to make? And so if, if the pastor, the preacher doesn't know that now we're not just talking about, of course, we want people to accept Jesus. Of course, sure. we want people to come to faith, but that, and you're going to share, hopefully in all your messages, you're going to the cross, you know, you're giving people an opportunity, but in a lot of those messages, like you said, there, there may be. The majority of the people there are people that have already made that decision. They just need to know what is the next decision. 
And so if you're not clear in thinking through that process, as I'm preaching this, this sermon, I want this, these people to do this. This is where I want to go. And so I, I wanted to ask you on that. If it's, if it's not just a conversion thing, you know, one of the things I hear from guys is I want people to get involved in personal disciple making. Sure. I want people, um, you know, to, to, to take that next step in serving, to joining a service team or something like that. And so I think that's the point that where a lot of guys, we don't put enough effort into thinking about that question. What decision do I want people to make? And if you're manuscripting your sermons or you're making notes, man, that's gotta be there. You can't just get through all the message and give all the content. You've been chumming and chumming and chumming and chumming and chumming and chumming and you got them all there. And then I crank the boat up and drive away and I never throw the net, you know, you just, so, so I think that question is the net. What do I want them to do? And I'm going to clearly articulate that. And then I'm going to have a method for them. So whether it's, and, and you know, you guys know as well as I do, we're in churches every single week and all of them are different in the way they do invitations. And, you know, some will have a formal altar call. Some will have uh, something on uh, in the, in the pew rack or in the chairs to fill out a card, but there has to be an action step. Talk to somebody, um, meet somebody at the end of the service, go to a booth, what, whatever it is, but your job in casting that net is being very clear this is what we want you to do after this message has been presented and then making sure that those pieces are in place or that's what you're doing. You've been chumming the water, you've got them all there and you're driving off and never even throwing the net. Well, and you know, to preach on a subject matter that, that is more discipleship oriented, uh, spiritual growth oriented, you can still give uh, that opportunity, that transition uh, and then go into an evangelistic uh, invitation. For instance, it is hard to be a soul winner if uh, if you you know are, are, are brag on Jesus if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, or you know why would I want to give and give my tithes and my offerings if I don't know the greatest giver? Do you know the greatest giver? Give that invitation, but then come back to what you've been preaching about and just be honest. Say, hey, you know, today I didn't really preach to a lot of lost friends, but I preached to the church. I preached to you and to me about being a witness or about. Uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, being being the spiritual leader as a dad, as a, you know, the spiritual leader of your family, and then give those guys the opportunity to respond to what you've been preaching about, and uh, and 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 that hopefully the Holy Spirit has been stirring their heart and their soul in that area. So I think you're I think you're right, man. I think we forget that, and we just immediately go into the gospel presentation, and then it's over. But you're right, you've got to give time for that, and you can't rush that, because for people to come forward or people to spend a few moments in prayer in their pew or to kneel at their seat, it takes time. And, uh, and so you've got, to be, you've got to be open to, in your prep and your praying, to have that time allotted for those, for those type of invitations. Well, Tim, I know you have a couple more tips, and I, and we may put this in blog form or at least get it in the in the chat. But I mean, just a wealth of knowledge on this. And as we kind of head towards our final question here, I'm 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 uh, I'm going to confess something to both of you. Okay, so um, so I, I'm new to Southwest Georgia, and and really I'm new to that role of preaching most Sundays. And and I've I've been a speaker for a long time. I've done singles ministry. I've been in 15 years of ministry. But as far as like in the pulpit preaching most Sundays, very different for me. 
So I get up at, um, at a service and, um, and I, and I give this great message and I'm excited about it. And I got down and, and sat down and the pastor came up and I'm thinking to myself, like, man, that net opened and like the gates are opening right now. And what I realized, Ray, is that that net did not open. The pastor who had been there 10 years knew it didn't open and got back up and said, all right, PJ, let me show you how you're actually supposed yeah. to do this. He gets up and he says, all right, what a great message on discipleship. Come down front and whisper the name of someone you need to be mentoring, discipling, or need to pray for this week. And people came down front and I went, oh, that's that. Like, I didn't know what an open net was and I didn't know what success was because I, I had not seen it done. And so he came up and he schooled me. He showed me, man, it's just this easy. You had them right there. You had them right there, but you didn't give them a clear as you've already right. talked about Tim. What, what do you want me to do, PJ? Like, that's great information, but you didn't tell me an action. He gave them an action. They did it. It's more memorable. And it's something where they can walk away and say, yeah, I'm going to pray for Lisa this week. Um, and little shout out, I believe he's on your evangelism team as a coach. So apparently <laughs> you're doing a great job with your coaches networks um, and getting those guys to do that. And that kind of leads me to my last question, which is define, you know, success in being the, the net being drawn, because that can be super defeating for for those of us that like to achieve or like to see numbers or like to see movement, but like, what is um, success in, in drawing the net? Ray, I'll let you go first. And then Tim, I'll let you wrap up. I think two things. I think number one, just being faithful. You got to throw it. Um, if you don't throw it, you're not going to catch anything. And so you got to go fishing. You got to chum. You got to put the information out there. Um, you've got to be, you've got to be honest and you got to be clear and you got to throw the net. However you do that, what, whatever works best for you. Um, I think what Tim said earlier, don't get in a routine. Man, I did that. It's so easy. And, and I think my biggest thing was just not taking the time, not thinking through the invitation and not planning it out. And, and inevitably, by the time I get done with the service, people start moving around in their chairs and they're looking around and then I'm getting nervous and people are going to be mad because we're going late. And so you just give a canned invitation or something and nobody responds. And, and uh, so I, I, think, I think just being true to yourself, but, but, but having that expectation and planning. I think the second thing that I would say to that is what is success is... Uh, I think the, the whole invitation, wherever you are in the invitation, is just getting people to make their next step. And so you've got to know what is that next step and giving people a clear opportunity. What that guy did is he gave people an action step. If we don't help people make a step of action, we, we see that, we preach that so many times, people never left Jesus the same. You know, something there, there, there's a change that takes place. And so you've got to be, you've got to pray it out. You've got to think it out. You've got to plan it out. How do I get people to make that next step? And if they've made that next step, then I've been successful. That message, the Holy Spirit has used that. I've opened, I, I've given the Holy Spirit free reign um, to have that opportunity. And uh, so, so just be yourself, um, pray it out, think it out, plan it out and throw the net. And let success is not the numbers. Um, you know, God is the Lord of the harvest. Our job is just to plant the seeds. And so be faithful in that. And you've been successful. Ray, you're right, man. I, I think, I think uh, just be faithful, uh, you know, have integrity uh, in, in giving the invitation, uh, you know, be right, be clean before the Lord, uh, be usable. Uh, and I think that, uh, again, 
Uh, we're not saving anybody. Uh, praying the prayer didn't save anybody. Walking the aisle didn't save anybody. Uh, but uh, our Savior, Jesus Christ, does all the saving. But I think we need to be faithful in uh, giving people an opportunity to respond. And, uh, and Jesus gave uh, different type of invitations. And uh, many times it was a public opportunity to uh, take up their cross and follow him. And so I think that uh, we need to be faithful in doing that, not just for, uh, for coming to faith in, in Christ, but also after I'm a believer, uh, living for him, serving him, following him, yielding myself to him, and give people the opportunity to do that. And so I think success means I'm just being obedient, I'm being faithful, I'm thinking it through, I'm prayed up, and I'm, I'm, I'm leaving it to the Lord. I'm letting the Lord touch the hearts and lives of people. And if people get saved, he gets the glory. If people don't uh, respond that morning or that night, hey, he still gets all the glory. And, uh, and so I think, that's, I think that's what success looks like. Well, Tim, thank you for being on today. I think we had a master class in, in how to draw the net, you know, even in our brief time together. I mean, this is fantastic. It's something that challenges every one of us, no matter what stage we're at in that process, you know, whether we need to refine it or grow in it, you know, or, or step out on faith and try it this coming Sunday, you know, after watching this, like, what does it look like? Let's pray about it. Let's be intentional about it. You know, let's be expectant about it. I mean, what's some great points. So, Thank you for that. I can tell why you're on the evangelism team down here in the Southern Kingdom. And so thank you for serving in that capacity. And Ray, you know, the wealth of wisdom of 30 years of pastoring clearly shows. And so thank you for sharing your testimony uh, this morning. And so we want to encourage you, if you haven't, to go ahead and write a comment um, in there. Just say what you thought about today's broadcast. Or if maybe you have an idea for an upcoming broadcast, we'd love to do that. And we always have ongoing training as part of our Spark Vault. And so if you're not aware of our Spark Conference, you can go to thesparkconference.com and get more information about that. We have some evangelism on there, discipleship classes, things that can help you do this. So gentlemen, thank you for being on today. Thanks for listening. We want to continue the conversation from today's broadcast in a learning community near you. These learning communities are designed to celebrate your biggest wins, resource your greatest need, and help you finish well. We also want to give you a free gift, the five discipleship shifts most churches need to make to produce world-impacting disciple makers. You can download this resource by going to ministryboom.com. This five-page PDF is a discipleship alignment checklist. The Georgia Baptist Mission Board is able to provide resources like this because of gifts from Georgia Baptists to the cooperative program. For more information on this broadcast and a customized discipleship plan for your church, visit gabaptist.org slash discipleship. Engage with us on your time through Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and all podcast platforms. Lastly, if you've benefited from this conversation today, please share this with a friend as we seek to help churches make world-impacting disciple makers.